Welcome to the Closeness Podcast, your new sexual education. Mesdames et messieurs, aujourd'hui je vais vous apprendre à manger des chattes. Ladies and gentlemen, today I'm going to be teaching you how to eat pussy. But before I do, and over the next hour, I want to give you a primer for how to get into the right mindset and how to present yourself for this sort of thing. How to think about sex and intimacy a little differently. How to think about initiation, assertiveness, confidence, and dominance differently. So before diving into more of the step-by-step instructions, which we'll get into in part two of this episode, and since you can find all sorts of tutorials like this online already, I thought it would be interesting to create an episode of all the different and unusual things that come up when you're going to go down on a woman, or even have sex with her. I want to help you explore some of the unexpected pitfalls you may encounter, and help you understand some of the things a woman goes through in her own mind when she wants to be with you in this way. So, for example, there are many interesting things that can happen when you go down on a woman. She might get extremely quiet. She might scream and shout. She might clench a hold of the sheets or clench a hold of your neck. Her body might tremble, shake, and convulse. She even may start to cry or have a deeply emotional experience. She might squirt on you. She could get violently excited, thrashing about. She could bleed on you if you're using your fingers. She can get so worked up that she almost becomes a different person and starts speaking, breathing, and behaving in a way you've never seen before. Turning a woman on this way can be a very exciting thing for both partners. And the reality is, sex can be, and often is, a very emotional experience for a woman. It's not always just hot, passionate sex with orgasms and always being turned on and ready. Sometimes the tone is soft and tender and gentle, while other times it can be passionate and aggressive and primal. So as we're working through this idea of what it means to go down, I want you to think of giving oral sex to a woman as being one of many tools in your tool belt, not the only one. Not the default one that you do every single time before having sex with her, which, by the way, a lot of married couples do, and some women appreciate this or some women feel like they need it, but a lot of men use going down on a woman as something to get out of the way to make them come first so that he can have sex and exclusively enjoy himself the way he wants to. This usually means that sex for her is about taking it, dealing with it, tolerating it, or letting him get his. And frankly, whether you start her off like this or with a toy, but then the sex is all about you if you're a man, that's a bit of a no-go for me. I'd so much rather see a situation where you go down on your partner because you are actually turned on by it and you enjoy it, or you know that she does. You're not doing it as a favor or as something to get out of the way. Nobody wants to eat oatmeal every day for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Nobody wants to eat steak every day for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. The same thing over and over and over again, even when it feels good, can get a little monotonous and boring. You'd like to get to the point where sex can become something wonderful for both of you to enjoy. And it is possible to help her come this way as well without just getting her orgasm out of the way. Now, to be clear, many women do love being eaten out, and if it's working in your relationship, if you ask your female partner and she says, yeah, I want you down on me all the time, every time, then great, continue as you were. But rather than using oral sex as a mandatory part of how you start everything off every time, consider using it as a spice or a tool or something you get to later or at a different time of the day or even as a little appetizer where you then get to come back to have sex later. Okay, concept number two is all about checking in. Checking in with your female partner can actually be very, very useful when done correctly. 
Let's say you're going down on your partner. You're licking, kissing, touching, fondling, whatever the case may be. And you're super into it, but you haven't been paying much attention because you're so focused on what you're doing. But when you look up at your partner and you look at her face, she's just sitting there being very, very still and quiet. Her legs are open, you're eating her out, but not much is happening upstairs. Or maybe sometimes you even notice that she's just looking down and to the left or kind of staring out into space vacantly. What do you do? How do you know if she's enjoying herself and relaxing into your touch or if she's in fact really uncomfortable and just doesn't know how to say it? See, some of us emote very easily and we see it in your face, your body language, the way that you move and talk, and others of us don't show many signs at all. I was recently working with a female client and her husband, and I was teaching him how to read her signs to know if she's sexually aroused or not, or if he could continue or not, because he was constantly faced with not knowing whether it was safe to proceed or not. And when you ask the wife, she would say, yes, I want to do this. I'm open to it. I want to be touched. I'd like to be having more sex. But the way her body responded, there was a disconnect. She didn't show it very well which means sometimes she just stood there or sometimes she just sat there or sometimes she looked off in a different direction. And so this is one of those times where it's important to verbally check in with your partner and see what's going on, even at the risk of ruining a moment because she's not readable. This isn't likely going to be something that you have to do all the time and continuously, but especially if you're going down for the first time or you're just getting to know each other or you're listening to this podcast and you want to start fresh, Asking her in a confident way can be very attractive and helpful. And you got to understand that both things can be true because many partners do not want to break a moment or interrupt a moment. Or for someone to always ask, is this okay? Is that all right? Do you like what I'm doing? Many female partners want you to just do it to them and then they'll let you know if they like it or not. And it can still also be true that you got to check in. You have to make sure she's doing okay once in a while. Because so many women can't find their voice, they don't speak up, they don't know how to ask for what they want, they don't know what they want. And so it's not that one default thing fits every situation. You can't just assume that if she wants something or likes something, she'll say it. So what are some ways that you might check in with your partner to see how she's doing without breaking the mood? You doing okay up there? Does this feel good to you, babe? You enjoying yourself? You like this? It's all about using your tone and your energy correctly. Feel how different it would sound if I were to say, is everything okay? Do you like what I'm doing? Is this all right? Doesn't have the same ring as, do you like the way it feels, what I'm doing to you down here? Sweetie, is there something I can do that would help you relax more or get out of your head? Baby, you look a little tense. Are you doing all right? You can tell me if you want me to do something different. A verbal check-in can make all the difference in the world. Other times, words for women can very much break a moment. It can suddenly rush them into their head, make them think, get them upset. So it's really important to find the balance of the appropriately placed check-in and for most women to not constantly ask nonstop. Sometimes it can be nice to get clear on what she may want before you even get sexual or even before you're making out. What is she like? What is she hoping for? What are her fantasies around being eaten out? What turns her on? Some things you can say are, do you like when someone goes down on you? Do you like to be eaten out? Are you into oral sex? What turns you on in that department? Do you like for your guy to take the lead? Does it turn you on if he tells you what to do or takes charge or takes control in an assertive but loving way? 
when someone's going down on you, do you like do you like for them to do whatever they want and you'll let them know if it doesn't work for you? Or are you someone who likes a lot of constant check-ins or reassurance or things like that? By the way, even if you're married, most women are going to answer by saying, I don't know. It's usually a dead-end answer that doesn't go anywhere, but I would strongly encourage you to encourage your partner to think about it for a moment. You can even act it out a little bit with clothes on or invite her to picture it. You can put your mouth down there and start to kiss her thighs or look up at her or ask her to look at you. So the beauty of having a conversation beforehand is that it makes it so that things don't have to get weird or awkward in the middle of sex or in the middle of a moment. One of women's least favorite things to have happen during sex. It's also a very common situation while you're down there or even while you're having sex for a woman to want you to read her mind. And ladies, we are not anything close to mind readers. Some of us can get really good and really tuned in to what you want. But I can't overemphasize enough how important it is for women to speak up, to find your voice, to tune into what you want. If you don't know, feel into it. Ask, explore, try, test it out. Tell him what to do for a change. Do a little exploring and see if you can give some feedback to your partner. So how do you know then if a woman wants to keep doing more with you, if she wants things to continue? Because it can actually be done without tons of check-ins. The simple tip is to simply be present. Women are the masters of bullshit detection, the masters of discovering when you're not present with them. They know immediately when you tune out, zone out, or go somewhere else, and they want to devour all of your direct attention, and they want to feel disgusted when your attention isn't on them. You know, my cat behaves similar to this. If you stroke her and pet her and look in her eyes and you're with her, oh, she can eat it up all day. The moment you look away and you go unconscious and your hand keeps petting but your mind is somewhere else, that's where the biting and scratching comes in. So I can't begin to tell you how many times I've been in session with a couple in the middle of an interaction or demo and he's doing something to try to turn her on and I watch the guy zone out for a second or get in his head or start thinking and she's instantly disgusted even though she lives in her head herself, even though she has a hard time being present also. So if you're distant or distracted or lost in your own head, if you're thinking about what to do next, if you feel unsure, she feels all of this. Someone can be right next to you, under you, on top of you, inside of you, doing the most intimate of things, and still somehow manage to not be tuned in or present with you at all. Just like we can tell very easily when we're talking to someone in the outside world and they're just not paying attention, even if they're nodding their head and looking right in their eyes, but they're always kind of looking beyond you a little bit to see what else is there, you know when something's off and the same thing applies sexually with nonverbal body language. If you simply open your eyes and pay attention and look, you should be able to tell if your partner is uncomfortable or not. All right, so now let's move forward into a mindset shift for how you want to approach going down. When it comes to pleasuring a woman, I think the big breakdown in communication, and listen carefully to this one, it happens because men don't need or care about and sometimes even want all of the essential things that women actually need, and I do mean need, in order for them to come, in order for them to feel safe and comfortable with you going down on them. And that's a pretty large claim. So what does that mean in man speak? 
If your wife, girlfriend, or whoever you find attractive came through the door one day, looked into your eyes, dropped to her knees, and wanted to give you a no-strings-attached blowjob, she just wanted you to drop your pants and put it in. No guilt, no shame, nothing you have to do afterwards, you're not cheating. Would you have any reservations about saying great, or hell yes, or yes please, absolutely? Of course not. If a woman you're attracted to just wants to go down on you, would you turn it down? Would you evaluate if it's in the other person's best interest? Would you want to consider her feelings? Would it matter if previous blowjobs made you feel a little uncomfortable in the past and therefore this one may not be that great and so therefore you don't want it? Do you feel like before she puts you in her mouth that you would need to hear several compliments from her or help cleaning up the house? Would you need to have your member be praised and spoken to and admired? What about loving reassurance? Would you need to hear that to know that it's okay? that it's safe, and that she can't wait to taste your talent? If she was on her knees, looking up at you right now into your eyes, would you stop her because you have certain body image hangups or don't quite feel comfortable in your own skin? Would you stop her from actually going down on you because you have an issue about how large or small or what direction your penis points? Would you need her to kiss 5, 10, 15 other places on your body first before she actually went down on you. Would you like to be teased, taunted, tormented, and forced to spend 10 to 30 minutes in a heightened state of arousal, but she still hasn't started tasting yet? I know some of you high power execs would, but would you like her to hold it right in front of her mouth, but do nothing? Just smile, just pretend to taste it, just look at you in your eyes like she's going to, but then not. Would you like her to lick it once or twice and then go to all these other areas on your body that had nothing to do with the actual blowjob first. Do you want her to hold back for a really long time, like an hour or two before any action occurs? Would you need to have your mind right and all of your other affairs in order and not be worried or concerned about other things going on in your day so that you can relax, including whether you feel anxious or not, where the kids are, or what you need to do later? Some of us, perhaps, yes. But for most of us, hell no. Most men do not need any of this, not one thing. They'd be more than happy to have a woman come in the room, fall to her knees, and just start. And this is how most men think about sex. It occurs to them, they're horny, therefore let's do it, without taking any time to get their partner warmed up. And women, most women, just don't work this way. For many women, any combination of these, for some women, all of them, consideration, delaying, playfulness, teasing, checking in, making sure she's comfortable and safe and relaxed, tension, love, care, presence, all of this can be at the very least really nice, if not essential for a woman to have a really wonderful experience. So with that in mind, let's move into the next concept and spend a little bit of time talking about teasing. Full stop. Teasing, for most women, is one of the most potent ways for her to get excited. Building something up slowly, like building a fire, or letting an oven preheat, or slowly increasing the intensity, can be extremely profound. It can be one of the most significant things you can do to turn your woman on, whether you're going to go down on her or have sex with her. When you build something up and make her want it, or make her lean in toward you, when you're building anticipation, wetness, and excitement, and you consider the minuscule amount of teasing that women receive regularly because every guy alive either wants to get in it or thinks that what she wants is an instant orgasm, well, what a hero you can become with your mouth. You can actually start to learn how to get your partner wet for you 
just by being in your presence. And men, just so you can understand this a little bit better, when you have someone giving you everything that you want, which is most women's experience, almost all men want to do anything for almost all women if receiving sex is involved. So imagine you have someone offering something to you nonstop over and over again. At some point, you either start to become more picky or you start to crave something different. You don't want it because it's so easy. And I know it's hard to imagine, but if you were having sex with three to five women a day, you might begin to feel the same way after a few months or a few years. So teasing can actually wire her up to feel like she enjoys working for it, delaying it, holding off for it. How nice is that? As opposed to her making you wait and delaying gratification for you. Now, it certainly is true that you can come across a woman who doesn't need or want any of this, especially in the beginning phases of a relationship or if she's always been super horny and easily aroused. Sometimes women don't want to be teased. They don't like it. They just want you in. Someone who, for example, and in the words of an old lover, could simply go for a really good licking. And I'm sure all of you ladies out there have some girlfriends who have polar opposite tastes than that of what you enjoy. So as we continue to work through these different concepts and ideas, please remember that nothing is one way, one-sided. I can't stand uber generalizations like we're all different and we all like different things. It's not that different, but we like one of a few different things. And it's important to identify what kind of woman you are and what kind of man you are. And if you're able to give your partner the types of things that she craves and desires. What are some things you can do that will help relax your woman and get her in the mood to entice her to be eaten out? How can you make her feel comfortable about being in her most vulnerable and most exposed position with you later on? It can look like giving her a lot of attention throughout the day, a lot of your presence, some nice authentic compliments about the way she looks or what you're inspired to do when you see her, some quality time, leading, decision-making, healthy forms of dominance. To learn more about that, please see additional episodes. Masculine presence, your calm, confident, assertive way. And then listening to her, tuning in on all levels will also prepare and excite her for oral sex. Then for some women, we've got soft caresses or firm massages, nice kisses, coming up behind her or in front of her throughout the day and giving her affection at the right time when she's not on a Zoom call. Most women are going to require a lot more than simply diving down and showing her your prowess with your tongue. Men, to drive the point further, recall when you come and there's that moment where you're way too sensitive, you're overstimulated, you actually need her to slow down or stop or not suck as much. And now imagine during that little moment where you can't handle it and you really don't want anyone touching you there. Imagine that a woman just dove between your legs and went to town with sucking. Isn't that almost a horrifying thought? Not when it's pleasurable, but when you can't take it anymore because it's too much. Regardless of who she is, doesn't the idea of someone doing that against your will when you can't handle it and don't want it feel a little bit violating? Well, that's what it's like for women if you just dive down there, expose her clit, and start sucking on it fervorously. It can actually be really jarring, alarming, and shocking for her. Sometimes if a woman doesn't want something, she's not going to snap her leg shut or push you out or reject you completely. You may have to look for more subtle signs that she's uneasy or you're not doing something right. Some women would sooner fake an orgasm than actually tell you what you're doing is wrong or doesn't work for them. 
So then what are some of the signs you can use to tune in and read her and see if she's being fully present with you? First of all, you might notice that she's just a little uneasy or not really relaxed. She's laying there, she's going through the motions, but you can tell she's tense. She might seem unusually quiet. She might not seem like herself or she's just being unusually shy. You might notice some quick, abrupt, or agitated movements. She might look like she's somewhere else or lost in thought. You might see her bat her eyebrows as she looks around in different locations. You might notice some very obvious retorts when you ask her questions like, are you doing okay? And she says, yeah, mm-hmm, yeah, I'm fine. And then there's some of the more obvious ways a woman can show disinterest, such as looking in the other direction and not paying attention to you or anything else that you might be doing looking off at the wall or the mirror or at the bedroom door. And that's really sad because that should be really obvious and overt. And many women report to me that this is how they actually have sex and men don't pick up on it. They just don't care. You don't want to get to a place like that, especially when you're going down on someone. You want to make sure that she wants you down there and welcomes you. Another helpful analogy is the concept of cat people and dog people. To me, it often seems that cat people love all animals while dog people have a strong prejudice to their dogs. And this is quite a shame because that means that often dog people have no clue what to do with a pussycat. They don't know what to make of them. Sometimes they find them annoying or disgusting. Some think they're too arrogant or can't handle being near them. Some come in and ruffle them up like they're a dog and then promptly get smacked or bit, and rightly so, frankly. But at the core of all this is not understanding feline nature and women are no different because cats behave most similarly to women. And women like to be touched, teased, played with, and interacted with in the same way that cats do. Softly, with presence and intention. Playfully, calm, centered energy. Long, fluid strokes. Not roughing up and poking and scratching and making silly faces and sticking your hands in their face and getting in their way and teasing and playing and joking around. Not messing up their fur. Not flopping their ears around. Not grabbing pieces of their fur or body. Not roughhousing with them. Not demanding that they come here, of course, or telling them to roll over with a derogatory tone. Come. Yes. Stop. Sit. Don't. Heal. All of this control and silliness we like to exert over canines. And then we assume and think that somehow women and cats would also like this. Every once in a while, someone will come over and just stick their hand in my cat's face or flaunt it about or yank it back quickly because it just went to smell the hand that you stuck in its face. And you watch people's energy shift and get freaked out. And then the cat wants to attack or bite or run away. And once again, women are the same way. If you come stick your hand or your dick in their face, or you're teasing them or taunting them or making fun of them, they bite, scratch, yell, and run away. What do you suppose are some other places that men might stick their finger in and then quickly pluck it out abruptly without any awareness or consciousness? In clinic, I hear so many stories of men who get in their women's faces. They run over to them and stick their hands in their face, tease, swat, play, and I don't mean tease in the sexual way. And then sometimes men are super submissive with their partners and then act amazed when these women don't want to be touched. There's a way that just works with women and cats. And when you unlock that, then you're in with almost all of nature's creatures. To understand feline body language, however, takes more time. It's not as overt and obvious. It takes more focus and energy, but the result is always going to be worth it. So when you're going down on your partner, are her eyes darting all over the room? 
Is she making quick, sharp gestures? Is her body language closing off? Is she trying to avoid eye contact with you? Playing with a dog is effortless because it doesn't require presence and it doesn't require that you pay attention. If you want to be successful with a woman, on the other hand, you've got to pay attention. You want your woman to associate you with pleasure. When she thinks about being turned on, when she thinks about sex, you want her to think about you. In order to achieve that, and I know this may sound groundbreaking to some of you, you should actually really, truly, genuinely like her. And I don't mean physically, and I don't just mean her boobs or her butt, not just her pretty face or dazzling personality. You should actually like her as a person. You want to like the entire package, the way she's made, the way she looks and tastes down below. Because if you're not attracted to her, if you're not drawn to her in that way, she's going to feel it no matter how much you lie or try to compliment her on it. It's also important to be attracted to her pheromones, her scent, her energy, taste, and yes, even viscosity when she gets wet. Why? Because if your only desire is sex, you're just horny and you want to have sex with anyone, or you've only found one cute aspect about her that's drawn you in, or maybe she's the only person you could find in the moment or who is willing to have sex with you. Maybe you just want to practice or get it done, or maybe you have no emotional involvement or actual interest in her, and maybe you just want to come. But then, when it actually comes time for you to go down, her smell turns you off, maybe her taste, maybe the way she looks down there isn't appealing to you. You just can't hide things like that. That's going to shine through. And women already deal with so much insecurity. Gosh, about their thighs, their legs, breast size. If they're bloated, if they're on their period, if they haven't waxed or shaved, how they feel compared to how they know they used to look, if they've gone to the gym today, if they've gotten any ingrown hairs or shaving bumps, if they're not happy with their tan lines, or maybe she's feeling a little bit sluggish today. Did she leave the house without makeup? Maybe she's just wearing her sweats today. Maybe she's wearing that terrible underwear that's all stained up down there. Maybe she can't stand the way she looks down there. And we haven't even tipped the iceberg on emotions. Is she feeling anxious or depressed today? The last thing a woman needs is to know that you're with her or that you're having sex with her because you like a body part, but you're actually not into her. Or maybe you're not really attracted to her and you don't really like her. For me personally, I actually very much love knowing how she tastes, smells, how her energy mixes with mine. If we have chemistry, there's a difference between having great chemistry and also liking the way someone tastes. But in order to do that, in order to truly enjoy the way someone smells or tastes, they've got to take really good care of themselves hygienically. So let's take a moment to go someplace that most people aren't willing to go. Sometimes someone's scent could feel a little strong or unpalatable for you. And this is a really sensitive subject, so let me say a few more things here. Of course, no one should ever be shamed for how they smell, look, or taste. But there's a huge difference between someone's natural scent, which might be a little more pungent or strong for some, and then actually having something wrong down there, like yeast or bacteria vaginosis, a urinary tract infection, or just an imbalance of sorts, or just not being cleanly. One of the most sensitive and dangerous things you can say to one of your partners is to let them know how they taste or smell, if it's less than stellar. So in cases like this, if it comes up, your delivery is key. So first thing to know is most people on the planet don't really want to hear any critical feedback about their body unless it's sweet, friendly, and wonderful. Because generally, you'll wind up creating a lot of insecurity or a complex, especially if you tell this to a woman. It's too bad. We should be able to speak candidly, sometimes bluntly, and at least directly, 
but often this is just not the case. So some women's taste, viscosity, wetness, it could have something about it, especially depending on what time it is of the month, that could be very off-putting to you. It's a very natural thing. And so while I avoid statements like everyone is just beautiful and perfect the way they are, there are some major differences in smell and taste. I can clearly say, for instance, reflecting back over all of my relationships, 99% of the women who I loved and cared about and was truly attracted to, I loved the way they tasted. There was only one who didn't, and I could never fully trust her. Interesting stuff. When you pick someone that you like or someone who you enjoy on a deeper level, oh, it can be intoxicating. She could smell so sweet. She could taste so delicious. And so a vagina should never smell of an extremely strong or pungent odor. Even at certain times of the month, it shouldn't be nauseating or make you feel like you want to gag or choke. I know we're talking about sensitive stuff here, but it's true. And it's important to be able to recognize what a woman's natural scent is, which again could be a little off-putting or a little fresh or musky, or maybe she needs to rinse off versus something where there's an actual problem that needs to be looked at because it doesn't always show up visibly. You want to know what's healthy and what's not versus what can be a potential health risk for both of you. And then for ladies, if you're listening, number one, not having great chemistry with one man does not mean there's something wrong with you or him for that matter. And if you yourself can smell yourself down there or you smell that wafting up when you take your pants or underwear off, it may be worth going to check it out. In fact, I've sometimes been shocked at how a woman can allow a scent to permeate the entire room or the entire house and not recognize it herself or not think, hmm, that's a little odd. Maybe I should have that looked at. So gentlemen, if you're the one going down and something's really putting you off, turning you off, or you're really sensitive to it, you're not really sure whether it's her natural scent or it's just because she hasn't showered today or if it's something worse. It's very tricky territory, but like with most things, I would err on the side of something between two extremes. On the one side, you might have freaking out, calling it out, insulting her, teasing her, making fun of her, and that's going to be absolutely disastrous. And on the other hand, you have going through with it all, pretending it doesn't bother you, going down anyway and having sex. And I say, you don't have to do either of these things. Just don't put your mouth there or your fingers for that matter if you don't want to or bring the evening to a slow close or just make out or have sex only with a condom. There's a lot of talk in our culture today about accepting women's bodies under any and all circumstances, no matter what, which is fine in terms of not judging them or not making fun of them. But we know, for lack of a better phrase, shit happens, and it happens to both men and women. So being able to talk about things like this shouldn't be problematic. And women, if a man is sensitive enough to bring it to your attention, just have it looked at and taken care of. Simple as that. No woman on the planet today thinks that any man's body is a temple of worship, is total perfection, and should never be spoken about in anything other than a favorable light. Women don't even feel that way about their own bodies and other women's bodies. So, come on. My next piece of advice for how to bring something like this up to your partner would be to recognize and identify what kind of woman you're with. Some women, and they'll tell you, would never, ever want you to have this conversation with them at all. It's not something you say, you can't go there, they would freak out, which by the way is not your problem, men. And that's fine, so be it. But if you find yourself in a very caring, loving, mutually supportive relationship, and things are just very easy to talk about with your partner, even if it's someone new, bringing something like this to her attention later on when she's clothed, afterwards, in a non-joking manner can be really helpful. 
If you're already down there and you kind of feel like there's no going back now, still there are ways to make her feel comfortable, like kissing around the area or just grazing over her clit or incorporating your fingers while you're kissing in other places. And then finally, even if you're in the middle of going down on her, you could actually make it as though you're teasing her. Again, you can use more fingers instead of your mouth, or you can lick the sides or the edges or her inner thigh. And so the way you handle a sensitive subject like this largely depends on your relationship to this woman. If you're talking about something like a one-night stand, perhaps it's not your place to do anything and maybe it's better left alone. In fact, that's probably true. If you've only slept with someone a couple of times, I'd also say that's a bit tricky. Probably best to leave it alone. But if it's your partner or wife, someone you're dating, and even if you've had sex several times and they trust you because you're not always teasing them or making fun of them or giving them crap for things, then it can definitely be appropriate to bring it to her attention. Again, usually before or after intimacy or at a totally different time, usually not in the middle of things. Also, a little caveat here, guys who are always quote, giving her crap about a lot of things, it's very likely that your partner doesn't trust you or the things that you say. If you're always teasing her, always playing grab ass, always playing, always have your hands in her face, always making fun of, and always being sarcastic, maybe you're just joking around all the time or treating her as one of the guys. If you're always being this way, she might trust you in other ways, like to pay the rent or pick up the kids, but she probably isn't going to trust you sexually. Anyhow, if you have a strong relationship with your female partner, you can say things like, hey, the last couple times we've been together, I've noticed you've had a pretty strong scent down there. It seems like something might be a little off. We should go get that checked out together. Wow, what a powerful statement. Now, even though it's very unlikely that you'll be in the office while that's being checked, the gesture is going to mean a lot to her that you're willing to go together. So when you address something like this, it's got to be lovingly, sweetly, kind, in as calm of a manner as you can. Notice I'm not saying anything remotely close to, ugh, that really stinks. Uh, you should go have that checked out. You should go have that checked out is so dismissive and so rude. It's definitely good to stay away from phrases like that. You really want to make sure that your reaction is actually a response to what's happening. There's no need for you to have a reaction that crushes someone else's self-esteem. All right, let's turn our attention to how delicious and how wonderful a woman can actually taste down there. She can taste heavenly. She can taste like water. Or as I once told a lover named Rose, like rose water. Some women might taste like nothing at all. She might taste slightly, ever so slightly musky or a gentle extension of her own sweet smell, like of her skin, for instance, her natural perfume. Now, while it might be a little exaggerated to say that someone tastes like peaches or strawberries or nectarines, a great scent and taste can be absolutely intoxicating, even a neutral one. It can actually be very pleasant, almost sweet-smelling or sweet-tasting. And I think that's one of the reasons why so many people do enjoy it, because, you know, it's kind of like nectar. So now that we've discussed all of this personal hygiene stuff as it pertains to her, we should probably do it for the men as well. Now, as you may know, a woman's body needs to do a lot to maintain that perfect pH balance or homeostasis. If you're reaping the rewards of her providing that delicious sweet nectar to you down there, you also need to contribute to its well-being. What are a few things you can do to be respectful of her peach? Number one, if you don't already own a tongue scrape, I would strongly recommend buying one and checking out a video or two on YouTube. 
It's a wonderful way to clean your tongue multiple times a day as often as you'd like. Number two, brush your teeth well and even brush your tongue. Three, wash your hands with warm soapy water. Don't add any extra creams or alcohol or antibacterial cleansers. Number four, you'll want to cut your fingernails pretty darn short so that they don't scrape or scratch easily. Five, you can clean your fingernails. Six, use mouthwash. And then depending on her sensitivity to razor burn, you might even consider shaving if she's sensitive to stubble or your beard. Try thinking of the inside of her similar to the inside of your mouth, and that's not a place that you want to get scratched up. Don't you want to give your partner the benefit and respect of you being clean so that she can not only trust you more, but her body can stay working the way it should for months and years to come? If you're really into your partner and you love them and you find her attractive inside and out, it could be a really good time to tell her how you feel about what you're looking at down there and how you feel about her. You can do this orally or verbally. You can speak out to her how delicious she tastes. Fuck, you taste so good. How beautiful she looks. How much you love going down on her. Mm, we can't get enough of it. All of these things, these auditory cues, compliments, reassurance, sounds like, mm, uh, mm, God, you taste so good. Things like this go a really long way to make your partner feel comfortable while you're down there. The next thing I want to talk about is what arousal does and does not look like in a woman so you can be aware of these things when you're going down on her. Here's what it doesn't look like. It doesn't look like porn. What types of things do you notice when you watch porn? Are they happy, sweet, playful, loving, connected, centered, present? Is the guy there for her or really into her? Is she actually even coming? Is she enjoying herself? Is she putting on a show? I mean, really, is anyone doing anything in porn these days that isn't cheating, having sex with your stepbro, or getting stuck in a washing machine? In porn, you generally see two emotions that get expressed regularly. Anger and extreme dominance. I'm not saying aggressive and hot can't be fun in the right context. It almost always is, but it's usually not the starting place, whether you've been in a relationship for a while or you're just starting to see someone. Even the way men eat women out in porn with this like rapid fire tongue flicking back and forth and the eat this effing pussy and all these commands coming out, almost like a female military sergeant when she's telling him how to do it. It's really another universe, and most women do not want anything to do with that. But some women do like it rough, and many women do like to be dominated, and many women don't mind if you lay them down, open their legs, and go to town. But I want to draw the distinction with eating out where you need to start gentle, because your heart has to be in it. There has to be a little bit of care or respect for the person. Again, outside of BDSM or certain scenes that you're acting out or sort of knowing that you're with that kind of girl where you can skip all of that. But most women don't want to feel massively disrespected. Some women love to be told what to do, but not in a militant or degrading way. It's more of a leadership. Come over here, sit down, come down on your knees, open your legs, not barking orders in a cold and distant way. When it comes to eating your girl out properly, you want to help her feel safe and you want to help her relax first and foremost. Then all of these other more intense and delicious emotions can come in, but you've got to set a tone. When you're just starting to go down, you don't want her swearing up a storm or extremely tense in her throat or barking orders at you. The idea you want to think of is softness, her melting into you, melting into the bed, her throat soft, her legs soft, being able to really let go and drop into the experience. 
you want to get her into her body and out of her head. How do you keep a woman out of her head? One way is to not do certain things in the bedroom, such as asking unnecessary questions that are going to get her right back into her head, like, did you come? Are you close? Are you there yet? Are you going to finish soon? Staring is another one. The difference between staring and gazing. If you're staring down there or looking at her face is going to make her get really self-conscious. If you yourself have blank robotic expressions or you're just sort of scowling at her or just looking surprised or unsure or nervous, that's going to get her into her head. A lack of confidence or you not being comfortable in yourself and what you're doing brings a woman right to her head. You want to avoid switching up your technique too often and too frequently, especially if she's enjoying something. Doing something different every few seconds can be a little jarring. Now, the truth is, we all live in our heads a little bit. As much as we want to say we live in our hearts, we reside up there. Maybe you can't truly get someone out of their head, but you certainly can redirect their attention and shift her focus. And that in itself is going to be a big step for you. For me personally, getting a woman out of her head means something like soothing her, softening her, helping her melt, putting her attention on pleasurable things, being present with her, confidently showing her you're going to give her a wonderful experience, and then being patient, calm, grounded, centered, rooted. All right, so with all these concepts and philosophies out of the way, what's one of the most important things you can do to a woman when you're down there on her? Teasing. Teasing her out. Earlier, you may recall that we were talking about how many men don't enjoy being teased, having sex held back, making us wait for it or making us beg for it. For women, on the other hand, this tends to be the complete opposite. The more that you can take your time working your way from the outside in, getting her a little worked up and then pulling back, the wetter it often is for her or the better. And this comes up a lot in my private sessions as well. You don't have to start on the furthermost parts of her body, like down by her calves or feet or the outsides of her thighs, although certainly some full body kisses or licks can always be nice. But caressing someone on their triceps, forearm, or giving some gentle touch to the IT band generally isn't something that people find very exciting. Anything on the outside of the body can often be minimized and sometimes even skipped when it comes to arousal. Now, if you're giving your partner the right kind of touch, which is what they respond to, whether it's fingernails or soft caresses or firm full strokes or sensual long strokes anything can feel good but when you're going for arousal when you're teasing her it's not necessarily a tease when you're rubbing her elbows and arms and outsides of her thighs yeah so it's the underside of all of our limbs that feels so good when we're touched there and that's exactly where some of the teasing can start and then there's all sorts of caveats here too, right? Because some women don't want their stomachs touched. Some women don't want their breasts touched right away because it's too sensitive or they feel like they want to be warmed up first. Some of them have very sensitive nipples. So then the question becomes, how do you tease if some women don't want to be touched between their legs right away? They don't want their breasts touched right away. Their stomach is sensitive. The outside of their body is out of the question. Where do you start? Well, you've got several tools. You've got your fingertips your hands, your mouth, your tongue, and then you've got all of the undersides of the insides of her arm, the insides of her thigh, her hips, her waist, her butt, under her butt, even sometimes the backs of her thighs. You can use different objects to tease her or warm her up, like a feather or a flogger. 
Even as my friend Sharon taught me when I was 17, the backs of knees can be really sensitive, especially if kissed or licked. Another idea is to give her a little taste of what you'll be doing down below by kissing or sucking on her clean hands or fingertips or between her fingers. Then, of course, you've got the very sensitive area like her neck or her decollage, behind her ear, down her throat, on her upper back, on her traps. And then it's good to know what your partner's forbidden areas are. Some people hate having their feet touched or looked at, believe it or not, or a finger even touching or going near their belly button. Some people have a thing with having their hair touched or face touched, especially if they're wearing makeup. And then, unfortunately for some women, even ones who are very fit or in shape, some of them don't want their thighs touched or their stomachs touched because it's an insecurity for them and it's reminding them that they believe that they're fat or overweight or unattractive. And for men who are listening, it's not really your job to come to terms with this or to help her get over it. These are real personal body issues. But we can be sensitive to it and aware of it and certainly respect any boundaries. For women listening, consider this. Assuming that you do want to be eaten out, and you do want to have an orgasm or two, if you don't want someone to immediately start sucking on your clit because that's too sensitive, and you don't want them reaching between your legs right away because it does take a little time to get you excited, but you also don't want him feeling your breasts or your butt or touching you in those erogenous zones, and then you're also sensitive about having your stomach touched or your thighs touched because that makes you feel uncomfortable, and then the sides of your arms don't really do anything for you and you've got maybe a weave in your hair or you've got makeup on your face and you don't want someone messing up your hair. And then of course, maybe you want the lights out or you don't want him staring or looking at you. Where, pray tell, would you like to be touched exactly? How would you like things to get started? And how can your partner possibly know this? How can he interact with you? How can he really share closeness or hot sex or some really good eating out with you? If you're being a big fussy butt and you got all these different hangups that you're aware of that barely allows you to be touched. I'm not going to be the first or last person to talk about self-love, self-acceptance, letting go, working through it, taking a few deep breaths. I know it's not easy and that you can't just say, oh, I'm just not going to be insecure anymore. But there's a big difference between just verbally saying I'm working on it and actually doing something to allow yourself to experience more positive feeling emotions. It's not about looking in the mirror, not liking what you see, but then repeating the fact that you're beautiful 50 times. Imagine you're with a man and he's really into you, kissing you, ravishing you. He can't get enough of you, but you don't feel that way about yourself. Can you tap into the energy, the feeling, the vibe of what he's feeling about you, what he's experiencing, what he's looking at? Because his perspective is usually very different than how you're feeling about yourself physically. If you can truly tune in to what he's feeling about you, my goodness, the self-love can be off the charts. So if you're a woman and you want things to get really hot, if you want to be turned on like an oven rather than like a match or light switch, then there has to be permission for entry, permission to be touched or to move towards these areas on you. And these are things that, frankly, you've got to communicate to your partner if you've got some boundaries. Teasing, by the way, is also not what you've seen in every Hollywood blockbuster for the last 50 years. It's not two people gently closing their eyes at the same time, leaning in for a delicate kiss, a makeout session, then kissing down her chest softly, then past her belly button, and then boom, you're eating her out. That is so unbelievably predictable, and women get bored very easily. The only time you should ever do something like that is if you haven't done it in a really long time, and then, hey, sprinkle it in once in a while. What teasing is really about, though, is keeping her guessing wondering what's going to happen to her next. 
turning her on without touching her erogenous zones first, sometimes even with eye contact. Or sometimes you can graze over everything down there gently, as if you're just passing through, as if it was an accidental caress, which actually stimulates her in a big way. Brushing back and forth on her clit with your fingertips that are wet, with your tongue. Even when you're down there, you can continue to tease her clit by being on it, off it, on it again. And then of course, her clit is covered by a nice little clitoral hood. Even if you're doing some of your best work down there, it's important not to expose that little pearl right away because it's so super sensitive. So you can explore around the edges, the right and left sides, the outer labia and inner labia. You can even put your tongue inside of her. Some women will like that, some won't. A lot of women exclusively enjoy having pressure or pleasure just derived from what you're doing to their clit. And when you are on her clit, you can explore the top, middle, bottom, and even everywhere in between, even though it's so tiny and little, before finally exposing it, playing with it gently, and beginning to suck on it. Teasing can also be wonderful if you're edging her right up to the point of orgasm, getting her built up again and again and again. You're getting her right up to the point where she's going to spill over and then stopping and then building her back up again and again. If you're not sure of your technique or sure that you can build her back up again, perhaps teasing may not be for you immediately. And then some women also have a very difficult time reaching orgasm. So teasing can work for many, but not for others if it's just a frustrating exercise that she's almost there and then you're pulling out and you're almost there and pulling back again. So teasing can do two things. It can help build her up more and more until she gushes over, or it can be really disappointing for her because you almost got her there and then she lost it again and again. So know your audience. These are the kinds of conversations you're welcome to have before and after sex with her. You really wanna figure out who you're with. Let's talk now about coming and orgasming for a few minutes. Old wisdom is that it can take a woman 20, 30, 40, 50 minutes to climax. Maybe once in my life when I was 19 did I find that to be true, but almost all other times it's 10 minutes or less, 8 minutes or less. You can even do it in 5, 2, and sometimes even 30 seconds. But trying to get her there as quickly as possible is actually not the point. As far as I'm concerned, it's a nice respite for the guy if she happens to be able to come so quickly. But it doesn't need to be the goal, trying so hard to get her to come. Just because you can come in two minutes doesn't mean she even wants to. I can't begin to tell you how many women I've had sex with who've said, wait, 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 I don't want to come yet. Not telling me not to come yet, telling me that they don't want to come yet. So stop doing what turns them on so much because they want to enjoy the journey. So it's a bit of a funny paradox because on the one hand, do a lot of people have sex to have an orgasm? Sure, but it's also about enjoying the journey, not rushing to the destination. It's hard to describe the difference between being goal-oriented, such as just trying to make her come, versus enjoying the journey while you're still moving the train forward towards orgasm. This is an interesting concept. You're not rushing her, you're not hurrying, you're not trying to get there as soon as possible, but you haven't lost the mindfulness of the destination. Some men get so destination-driven, they're so fixated on trying to make her come, which when compared to someone who doesn't care about making her come or compared to someone who isn't attentive to her feelings, it's great. 
But doing that can really steamroll her. You can become so fixated on her goal that she loses the ability to relax into herself. She becomes forced to focus on it as well and to try to get there. And that takes her out of her comfort zone. Now she feels so much pressure, she might even fake it for you. Why is it important to enjoy the journey and not be so focused on the destination? Because the moment that you reach your goal, in fact, sometimes even the second you reach your goal, well, then you're just there. It's done. It's actually very natural to then just want something else and something else to set a new goal, to achieve something new. And if it helps, you can even think about the last five or 10 things that you bought when you went shopping. No matter how much you've wanted it, once you've got it, it's there. It's done. It's now in your house. And usually in one day to one week to one month, that thing just becomes another item in your closet or another decorative piece. So just be aware of some of the self-talk. I made her come or look how good I am because I made her come. Are you doing it for yourself or are you doing it for her? So fellas, the next time you have sex or oral sex with your woman, see if you could do it from the place of not coming from your ego or performance, your skill, how good you are, how quickly you made her come with just your finger. Because you didn't really make anything. You facilitated a process that her body allowed. And having sex with the goal exclusively being orgasm is kind of limiting with how far you can take a woman because you can explore realms of love, spirituality, connection, depth, and growth. What then is the takeaway from all of this? Well, as it turns out, when you don't rush a woman, things come a little quicker and things happen faster. Much like everything in life, when you don't push on it, hammer on it, rush it, and you're able to just let go, not only do things unfold, usually in the way that you want them to, but the journey, the path to getting there is usually much more enjoyable. Give your partner oral sex for the pleasure of it. Give it to her for the experience of it, for how beautiful and vulnerable and connected she is, for the woman that she is. Give it to her because you savor her taste and you love to make her feel good. Give it to her like there is nothing in the world that you'd rather be doing more and watch what happens. For women who know their bodies and can come really easily, you know this. You can just come and come and come and come and come some more. In fact, as I reflect back on partners I've been with, I just cannot believe how some women can almost be insatiable. No limit to the number of orgasms that they can have. But for those women who are in the process of finding your first orgasm, or maybe it takes you a really long time to get there, or maybe you're able to get there on your own, but not with someone else yet, this is where you really want to try to let go of the idea of putting pressure on yourself. It's wasted energy worrying if your partner might be disappointed that you haven't yet, or putting pressure on yourself to rush. And for men listening, the more tuned in you can be to your partner, the better. You never know when you're with a woman if she's going through any shame or trauma or if she's had traumatic experiences, if some sexual acts shut her down or not. And all of these things just mean that you're going to have to be sensitive, careful, and aware. But the interesting thing, no matter what woman you're with, is that your sensitivity and carefulness does not need to read as uncertainty, incompetence, or lack of confidence you still want to maintain that thread of certainty throughout whatever you're doing, even if you're being patient and slow and understanding. And then on the other end of the spectrum, sometimes you come across someone who's extremely sex positive, someone who's so open with her body that she's willing to do almost anything sexual, which of course can be very fun. You can spend a lot less time having to be so cautious or careful and really be in the moment. 
when someone is more relaxed, comfortable, and free with sex around you, it's a lot easier to be more experimental, open, and free. But you gotta be careful to not expect all women to be like these types of women. And there's no rhyme or reason as to whether you're going to come across one or not. You can come across the most shy, nervous, insecure girl, but in the bedroom she can be a total freak. But I think the mistake that men often make in sex is that they meet someone early on in life who just had random sex with them, or they dated a prostitute, or an OnlyFans girl, or a stripper, or they happen to have a couple experiences that were very short-lived where the women were very sexual, and then they expect their girlfriend or long-term wife to just keep responding that way for the rest of her life. And that's just not how it works. So with everything we've been speaking about thus far today in this sort of primer or preparation to go down on a woman, what are some of the takeaways to get her to such a heightened state of arousal that she can't wait for you to get your mouth on her? Breathe more than once. Take your time. Be present with her. Listen to her not just by what she's saying, but how her body's responding to you. Give her sweet, authentic compliments about what you like and what you're enjoying. Look, but don't stare. Gaze into her eyes. Tease her. Excite her. Build up her orgasm. Let it calm down a little bit and then building her up again. You could spend some time in a good makeout session. You can explore all of the innermost parts of her body with your fingertips or tongue or both. You can kiss and bite her neck, run your fingers through her hair, and tug at her hair gently up at the roots if you have a fistful of it. You can give some bites. Some women like soft, light, gentle touches, others more firm and assertive. And then, of course, most women are going to respond very well to what I call healthy dominance. This is the idea of a man taking the lead, knowing exactly what he wants to do to her, but he's still tuned in enough to be receptive to her changes and shifts. He can follow her flow. It's not only about his program or all about his lead, even though that might be the dominant characteristic. Healthy dominance comes from the heart. It's not controlling. It's not based in the ego. Being assertive, leading a woman, and taking her on a sexual journey can be one of the most powerful, sensual, and sexually gratifying gifts that you can give a woman. All of this starts with getting her to feel safe with you, trust. When she knows that she can give herself to you fully, that's where the magic starts to happen. And then this in turn allows you to be dominant with her, but there's permission there, there's consent. Your brand of healthy dominance doesn't force or make her become submissive to you unless you've got some sort of role-playing thing going on. But her trust, her love, her safety around you, that's what allows everything to blossom. And then you can build it up and up and up and get it as intense as you want from there, but it has to start with a foundation of trust. So for example, do you know what your partner's boundaries are before taking her to those edges and limits? Have you ever talked about it? Sometimes you think you have an idea of something that you know, but as you start to think about it or even verbalize it, the whole thing comes undone. So take a moment before finishing this podcast to pause the audio and ask yourself, what is dominance to you? What is assertiveness and aggression? Are these bad words in your vocabulary? Are these things that you think women don't want? Are they things that you think that you put on to women so that they become subservient to you? Do you have bad experiences with these words from your past? Do you like the way healthy dominance and healthy aggression sounds? If you're a man, what's your vision of an attractive way to be dominant with a woman? If you're a lady listening, how would you like to be dominated? This word has such a strong overtone, like all 
triggering words, money, power, sex, God. They could have so many different meanings. And being dominant or being dominated does not have to mean BDSM, black leather, restraints, thigh cuffs, and hog tying. Rather, how would you go about giving your partner a powerful sense of being taken or ravished or cherished or adored? And yes, in some cases, to use certain vernacular, even pounded and railed can be amazing and connected. Try asking your female partner what her version of male dominance or confidence is, what she looks for or fantasizes about. Compare it and contrast it to yours and ask her if she likes your version. You may learn that for some men, they have zero desire to be aggressive or dominant with you. Some men find the word dominance to be very offensive and disturbing, just like some women do. Some men can't stop thinking about it as a mental idea. Ooh, am I being dominant right now or am I being too feminine? Am I being aggressive or am I being submissive? And that's all they think about. So you both may have completely different ideas about what these words mean and what you want to receive from your partner. However these words land, when you're going down on your woman, when you're eating her out, giving her pleasure, continuing to take your time, be present, going a little slow, building her up and teasing and all of the other aforementioned tools in this podcast are really going to help with your mindset as we step into part two of how to go down on a woman, which I assure you will be a little more specific on actual things to do. This has been a really comprehensive episode for mindset, the things you want to think about, the way that you want to approach your woman, both sexually and for oral sex. Now let's get into some of the step-by-step granular detail of actually how to do it. Thanks for listening. You can subscribe to us on YouTube by visiting youtube.com forward slash closeness or tuning in everywhere podcasts can be found, including Deezer, Spotify, iHeart, Google, Apple, and anywhere else you can dream of. If you find that you're getting a lot of value from these podcasts and you want to make a donation or contribution, our Venmo is closeness. Thank you for your time, energy, and presence, and I'll see you in part two.